Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hello there, welcome back. This is going to be for Ezekiel chapter 1. So since we're starting the book of Ezekiel, I'm going to read a little uh, outline or a little uh, narrative about the entire book here of Ezekiel so we can get a better understanding and context of what we're going to be reading. The power of repentance and the restoration of blessings for righteous living is mentioned. Ezekiel was a prophet from 592 to 570 B.C., Judah was taken captive in 597 B.C., so Ezekiel was a prophet while in Babylon. The book is divided into three parts. Chapters 1 to 24 discuss the punishments that will come upon Judah. 25 to 39 talk about restoration, and 40 to 48 deal with the temple building and worship. Ezekiel is mentioned in Doctrine and Covenants 29, and the great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, shall be cast down by devouring fire, according as it is spoken by the mouth of Ezekiel the prophet, who spoke of these things, which have not come to pass, but surely must, as I live, for abominations shall not reign. That sounds like a quote that uh, Moroni may have given to Joseph, huh? The Lord had but one had one great prophet, Jeremiah, in the court at Jerusalem, another, Daniel, in the court at Babylon, and a third, Ezekiel, among the exiles in Babylonia. Jeremiah and Ezekiel were of priestly lineage. Daniel may have been of royal lineage. Jeremiah served the Lord by delivering his warnings and instructions to the kings and leaders of the soon-to-be-conquered, Daniel to the conquerors, and Ezekiel to the exiles. Ezekiel, whose name means God is strong or God will strengthen, was the son of Buzi and priest of the, high, of the family of Zadok. He was carried captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar in the captivity of Jehoiakim. That was by Sidney Sperry. Ezekiel's family must have been considered prominent and influential, for according to the account in 2 Kings 24, mostly the chief men of the land were taken captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar when Jehoiakim was deposed as king of Judah. Most scholars assume that that this event took place in 597 BC, but the fact that Zedekiah succeeded Jehoiakim leads us to assign it a little earlier to 601 BC, following the lead of certain chronological data in the Book of Mormon. And that was by Sperry. All right, verse 1. Now, it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives, or exiles, by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. It is very difficult, if not impossible, for a mortal to convey in writing the message and spirit of a vision or other revelation from God, so that the reader will have a complete understanding of what took place and what was communicated. Such was the challenge of Ezekiel in describing his transcendent visions of heaven. Others, too, have faced the same challenge. Joseph Smith said that could you gaze into heaven five minutes, you would know more than you would by reading all that was ever written on the subject. One must experience revelation to understand it fully. Those, including Ezekiel, who have had visitations or visions from the eternal worlds, have often used symbolism, metaphor, simile, comparisons, and other kinds of figurative language to try to convey the experience they had and the message they received. Therefore, everything Ezekiel said need not be taken literally, for he used many figurative expressions to try to tell what that which was far beyond mortal experience. Many times, for example, he used words like as likeness and appearance. 
Another difficulty in understanding Ezekiel and other Old Testament writers is the cultural differences between the Jews of Ezekiel's day and the modern reader. Where it is important, notes and commentary in the book of Ezekiel explain the cultural aspects of Ezekiel's writing. That was from the Institute Manual. So uh, hopefully some of our comments here will help uh, understand this. Verse 2, In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of the king of the year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldean, in the land of the Chaldeans, by the river Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire unfolding itself, i.e., a continuous fire, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. The words wind, tempest, and storm would better fit the meaning intended in Ezekiel. A wind that revolves on its own axis with great rapidity is not what is meant by the Hebrew word translated whirlwind. Rather, the idea of a furious or powerful wind is what was intended. The metaphor signifies the power of God. For instance, the power of God's presence was indicated to Job through allusion to a whirlwind. When the Lord poured out his spirit with great power at the dedication of the Kirtland Temple in this dispensation, a noise was heard like the sound of a rushing mighty wind which filled the temple. Verse 5, Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And every one had four faces, and every one had four wings. In his vision, Ezekiel saw four creatures, each of which had four faces. They, they four had the face of a man, a lion, an ox, and the face of an eagle. The apostle John had a similar vision. In his vision, the creatures were described as being like a lion, like a calf, having a face as a man, and like a flying eagle. The prophet Joseph explained that the four beasts in John's vision were representative of classes of beings. The faces of the creatures in Ezekiel's vision seem to represent the same thing. The following interpretation from an ancient Jewish commentary is in harmony with that view. Man is exalted among creatures. The eagle is exalted among birds. The ox is exalted among domestic animals. The lion is exalted among wild beasts. And all of them have received dominion and greatness and has given them. Yet they are stationed below the chariot chariot of the Holy One. Ezekiel saw that the throne of God was above the creatures. That placement represents his having dominion over all living things, though he provides the means for all his creatures, or all his creations, both human and animal, to enter into, into eternal glory, each in their appropriate order. And that was from the Institute Manual. Remember that the, that the image is also of the man, the eagle, the, the eagle, let's see, the man, the eagle, the domestic ox, and the lion. Uh, are also symbols of the house of Israel. Remember that man is Reuben, the eagle was Dan, uh, the ox was Ephraim, and the lion Judah. I think I got the man and the eagle right. If not, they're reversed. Anyway, I can't remember now off the top of my head. Anyway, those are also symbolic of the house of Israel. Uh, Down to verse 7, And their feet were straight feet, in other words, they were standing upright, not kneeling or bent, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass or amber, and they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and they four had their faces in their wings. Their wings were joined one to another, in other words, they had unity and harmony. They turned not when they went, and and every one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they had, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, 
and they four had the face of an ox on the left side, they four also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. And they went every one straight forward, whether the spirit was to go, they went, and they turned not when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, and like the appearance of lamps, it went down, it went up and down among the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went, went forth lightning, and the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now as I beheld the living creatures, behold one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with his four faces." Prophet Joseph Smith said, I make this broad declaration that whenever God gives a vision of an image or beast or figure of any kind, he always holds himself responsible to give a revelation or interpretation of the meaning thereof. Otherwise, we are not responsible or accountable for our belief in it. Don't be afraid of being damned for not knowing the meaning of a vision or figure if God has not given a revelation or interpretation of the the subject. At present, the interpretation of Ezekiel's vision has not been given to the church, so the Lord does not hold his saints accountable for understanding what is represented by the wheels. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 16, The appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of burl, and they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them four. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Whithersoever the spirit was to go, they went thither was their spirit to go, and the wheels were lifted up over against them, and the, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. When those went, these went, and when the when those stood, these stood, and when those lit, were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And the likeness of the firmament, or expanse over upon the heads of the living creature, was as the color of, of the terrible crystal, appearance of wonderful crystal, stretched forth over their heads above, and under the firmament were their wings straight, the one toward the other, Every one had two which covered on this side, and every one had two which covered on that side their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the noise of an host. When they stood, they let down their wings, and there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads when they stood and had let down their wings." And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, and as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above it. And I saw, as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. So let's uh, read a little bit here uh, more about the, uh, some explanation of this. Joseph Smith's description of Moroni is similar to Ezekiel's experience. All these things that he's talking about here, uh, the, the appearance of what the angel looked like, Joseph Smith said, While I was thus in the act of calling upon God, I discovered a light appearing in my room, which continued to increase until the room was lighter than at noonday, when immediately a personage appeared at my bedside, standing in the air, for his feet did not touch the ground touched the floor. He had on a loose robe of most exquisite whiteness. It was a whiteness beyond anything earthly I'd ever seen, nor do I believe that anything earthly could 
or any earthly thing could be made to appear so exceedingly white and brilliant. His hands were naked and his arms also a little above the wrist. So also were his feet naked as were his legs a little above the ankles. His head and neck were also bare. I could discover that he had no other clothing on but this robe as it was open so that I could see into his bosom. Not only was his robe exquisitely white, but his whole person was glorious beyond description, and his countenance truly like lightning. The room was exceedingly light, but not so very bright as immediately around his person. When I first looked upon him, I was afraid, but the fear soon left me. Like Joseph and Oliver, John Murdoch also saw the Lord. He recorded, The visions of my mind were opened, and the eyes of my understanding were enlightened, and I saw the form of a man most lovely. The visage of his face was sound and fair as the sun." His hair, a bright silver gray, curled in most majestic form. His eyes, a keen penetrating blue, and the skin of his neck, a most beautiful white. And he was covered from the neck to the feet with a loose garment, pure white, whiter than any garment I, had, I have ever before seen. His countenance was most penetrating and yet most lovely. And while I was endeavoring to comprehend the whole personage, from head to feet it slipped from me, and the vision, vision was closed up. But it left on my mind the impression of love for months that I never before felt to that degree. Remember also Joseph and Oliver said uh, in section 76, they said, or in section 110, uh, we saw the Lord standing upon the breastwork of the pulpit before us, and under his feet was a paved work of pure gold in color like amber. His eyes were as a flame of fire, the hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was as the sound of the rushing of great waters, even the voice of Jehovah saying, I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth, I am he who is slain, I am your advocate with the Father. So similar to Ezekiel, he's having a vision here that's uh, hard to explain. Verse 28, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. Similar to John's experience in Revelation 4, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one God the Father Elohim sat on the throne, and he that sat there was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. So the stones also have representations of the house of Israel, um, and that they represent certain things. So as as um, Ezekiel is seeing stones here, they probably represent something similar to that as well. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter for today, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.